Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Noise Filter. Today, Hope, uh, my co-host, could not be here. Instead, we have today probably the smartest and brightest person that I know, and that's my wife. Her name is Liana Elliott. Welcome to the show, Liana. Thank you for co-hosting. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. New vaccine for fentanyl is ready to be tested on humans. A new vaccine for fentanyl, a powerful synthetic opioid, could potentially help to address the opioid epidemic. Fentanyl, as is well known by now, is often used by people seeking a particularly intense high, but is also laced in many other street drugs. It is extremely dangerous, whether intentionally consumed or not, because an amount which is barely even visible to the human eye could be fatal to a user. Researchers believe that they've developed a vaccine that prevents fentanyl from entering the brain and producing the high in the first place. The vaccine works by generating anti-fentanyl antibodies that combined with the consumed fentanyl, preventing it from crossing the blood-brain barrier and allowing it to be eliminated from the body through the kidneys. It was tested on rats to observe its effects and determine the correct dosage. The results in rats were promising, with the anti-fentanyl antibodies neutralizing the fentanyl levels and lowering the amount in their brains, but not having the same effect on morphine, ensuring that people who received this vaccine would still be able to receive the benefits of traditional pain alleviation techniques. The researchers believe it is now time to move the study from rats to humans and further evaluate the vaccine's effectiveness. So the vaccine could potentially be used to help people out with opioid use disorder, quit the drugs, and avoid relapses while seeking treatment as well as prevent accidental overdoses. It could also be used as a harm reduction measure for those who are at risk for overdose, such as people who are heavily dependent on opioids or who use them in combination with other substances. However, it is important to note that relying solely on a study in mice, while worthy of the possibility of moving forward to human trials, still means that this is at least several years away from being rolled out to the public, unless government agencies which regulate vaccines decide to fast-track it. With so many people dying each year from overdoses of fentanyl, a fast-track situation is not out of the question. We'll be keeping you updated on this story as it unfolds. So, you know, there was a recent story that we didn't cover here, but in 2022, the DEA seized enough fentanyl to kill every single American, which is really, really incredible. And again, um, this goes back to a thing that we talk about here on Noise Filter, how we're seeing more and more drug use uh, being uh, being done as a way of self-medicating. Uh, this is uh, we are seeing something um, in which we're seeing an increase in middle-aged deaths uh, due to so-called deaths of despair, where people are are um, dying of alcoholism, drug use, overdoses, falls from alcohol use, and what have you, secondary to the despair that they may experience. 
as a result of experiencing these these difficulties of of modern American life. And certainly fentanyl is one of those things that's really pushing that along. I, I know that in our lives, Liana, we've known uh, several people who've who've overdosed and was likely secondary to uh, having fentanyl uh, on board um, to um, the the drugs that they were using, which came as a shock to everybody. But um, it's I, I think that fentanyl has probably uh, affected probably every every American um, at this point. Just because we just see those overdoses occurring uh, more and more every year. Your thoughts? You, you, we just did a story about the sort of access and availability of other drugs. Um, and to the extent that this is like yet another case for having regulated, legalized um, substances that are available to people that are that have testing and standards in place. This is this is why. Right. I mean, I I. A story a month or two ago, somebody in our in our network there smoked, I think, some marijuana that was laced with fentanyl and passed away. It's like this is this is crazy. When just a couple states over, you could be getting safe, legalized, regulated, tested products for consumption that you you might not die after smoking a joint. I mean, come on, America! Like this is a no brainer. It absolutely is. Yeah. It doesn't speak to the sort of the despair that you're saying but like if we know that people are self-medicating at least can we help people do so safely regular exercise is linked to beneficial epigenetic changes by now most of us know that regular exercise is important for our overall physical and cognitive health. In fact, regular exercise can actually influence our DNA and cause molecular changes to something called our epigenome. Our epigenome consists of different signaling compounds that can modify our DNA and tell it what to do and when to do it, but are not actually part of the DNA sequence itself. Instead, epigenetic molecules interact with our DNA and influence its behavior. The interesting thing about our epigenome is that it is influenced by our environment, our physical habits, and other external factors. Everyone's epigenome influences their DNA in a different way depending on where we live, how we live, what we eat, etc. That is why two people born with the exact same DNA, for example identical twins, can grow up to look slightly different, sound different, and even develop different diseases. So a new study done by Washington State University published in Nature Scientific Reports looked at the changes that exercise has on the epigenome and how that can influence different genes in pairs of identical twins. Okay, so the study included 70 sets of identical twins who shared the same DNA. The researchers collected cheek swabs from these 70 pairs of twins to analyze their DNA and epigenomes. These twins were also enrolled in an exercise study from the Washington State Twin Registry and fitness data was collected on the twins at several different time points between 2012 and 2019. The twins were asked to answer questions about their lifestyles, neighborhood walkability, etc. Many of the twin pairs were found to differ from each other in terms of physical activity, neighborhood walkability, and body mass index. Analysis of the DNA from the cheek swabs of the twins showed epigenetic changes between the pairs as well. In fact, the twins that were more physically active compared to their other twin had changes in their epigenomes that correlated with reduced body max index and waist circumference. The more active twins also had epigenetic marks that were linked to lower metabolic syndrome, which is a condition that can lead to heart disease, stroke, and type 2 diabetes. 
Thus, even though these pairs of twins had identical sets of DNA at birth, the ones that were more physically active actually had epigenetic changes to their genes that influenced their body mass and their susceptibility to different metabolic diseases. Essentially, what this data is showing us is that markers of metabolic disease and obesity are strongly influenced by how a person interacts with their environment, as opposed to the genes that they inherited. So it's good news that when we set our minds to do and actually start doing, ends up being supported by our biology, even down to the level of how our DNA expresses itself. It's almost like you don't even need to believe in free will. There's like a, a, like a magic, a, the magic of science. That making the right choices in your life um, will actually show you noticeably better outcomes. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. Right.